This is the Milo Beasley Show. This is the Milo Beasley Show. There's only one thing you need to know. This is the Milo Beasley Show. And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show. Doot, 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 doot. Uh, I'm so excited for our guest this week. Uh, you might have seen her in Reno 911, Star Trek Voyager, uh, The Morning Show, which I absolutely love. I want to get into some of that. Uh, I want to get into some tea uh, for those of you who have watched it. Uh, King of Queens, Bones. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. Please help me welcome at this time, Christina Hayes. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I, I love shooting a podcast in my bedroom. It's really fun. <laughs> you know, it's 2022. It's what everybody it's does. 2022. Now. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, and you were you were talking about how uh, you you know audition now at home and yes. stuff like that. So do you? I, I've had a lot of mixed you know uh, thoughts on that from from folks, uh, people who like working from home, but people who miss going into the studio and seeing casting directors' eyeballs and facial expressions firsthand. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I miss back in the day when, you know, cause I'm probably older than you, but we don't have to talk about that. But I, I miss going in for producer sessions, even in television. Cause the way that it works, if you're home and watching and don't know for TV, uh, uh, sometimes you go, you would go straight to producers or, you know, when, when, when you're a young pup, you're, you go into the casting office and so you're with them live and they can tell you if they like you, oh, do it like this or do it like this. And then they'll say, okay, come back to producers and you, you audition for all the writers and, you know, they can tweak something if they think it's good, but it's also, you have an audience and, you know, it, it was, uh, it was a different, sometimes they still do that. Uh, I probably not not probably not co during COVID or, or now. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it kind of slowly started uh, being a thing where they, you would go into casting and they would just record you and then they send it, you know, they send it to the producers and they watch it. So there's a lot of uh, lost contact with humans and especially now. Um, yeah. I actually just booked a commercial and, or I shot a commercial that I booked and it was the first time in two years that I got to go in and, and audition for for people, for the advertisers. Usually we were doing even, you know, commercial auditions at right. home. And, and actually it was similar to this where you are in the waiting room and, you know, then they it tells you that now you're in the audition room and it's it's not as personal. <laughs> right. Yeah. I uh, I prefer even when, you know, I'm doing uh, interviews and stuff, man, I just love the personal touch. Uh, I feel like there's just something about that that personal touch uh, that that gives a little bit of extra human feeling to it. Yeah, but in, that being said, this is you know this has all been wild and and uh, it's really neat to be able to connect with people I wouldn't otherwise right. um, at least so immediately uh, because of this you know Zoom and 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 things like this. So yeah. Uh, now. Uh, Somehow, uh, I mean, it's not that's a small school, but it's not a huge school. But you're actually the second guest in a row who I've had on my guest last week also went to Emerson. Uh, but, oh, who? Uh, uh, although, I mean, there, so many people went to Emerson, right? That, <laughs> you just did like the uh, 
uh, oh, uh, so-and-so is gay. Oh, do you know Steve? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know what? I usually do. It's, I'm telling you, I... <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a small world. But um, who was it? <laughs> uh, my guess, uh, her name was uh, Jade Zeroff. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, so she has a she has a web series. Uh, you know, it's been uh, a ton of awards. Uh, it's got on the, the Emmy list this year. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So amazing. very very cool. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, but you actually left Everson after a year, right? I did. I did. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy because I was only there a year and yet I have, I'm still friends with, I was in a comedy troupe. It was kind of a campus funded comedy troupe and it was um, really the only thing I did there. You know, I mean, I barely went to classes and, you know, walked around beautiful Boston and admired the architecture. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, we're the people that I did comedy with there. I'm still dear, dear friends with them. A lot of them. And uh, so it was definitely worth going for a year. <laughs> but sometimes I wish I had a degree. Right. You ended up. So you you then uh, went to NYC after that, right? Yeah, I, I moved to New York and I studied with Uta Hagen and right. I did the whole New York thing, which was amazing. But I had taken a trip out to L.A. and I just got I was just completely enchanted by LA and, you know, just the weather. And it just, it, it kind of fit my personality, which I never thought because I grew up in New Jersey and very close to New York city. So I always thought New York was my city. And right. then I came here and, you know, I've been here for over 25 years now. That, I mean, that's incredible. Uh, considering uh, you have that, that love for, for theater as well. And yeah, it, that's that what I mean. It's so odd. New York. I, yeah, exactly. I, I don't, I don't know. I, um, but yeah, I just followed my heart. It's always, it was always here. Every time I tried to go back East and think about whether I wanted to do that. I just love this city. I still love it. I, 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 you know, I fall in love with it more, you know, you go through dark periods here and it's, right. it's an isolated city. It can be. So, um, and as somebody who's like an introvert extrovert, the introverted part of me likes that sometimes, but you can also get into trouble here because you can kind of isolate a bit and nobody's really there. You know, everybody's chill. They're, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of place than uh, like New York city where you're, you just have to walk outside and you know, you're in, you're connecting with people at least by them bumping into you on the street or something. So, um, but yeah, no, there's, it's a, I feel like Los Angeles is finally getting seen for um, being more than just Hollywood and, and sort of, you know, picturing it. A lot of people have never been here. They, the Kardashians live here and <laughs> there's like not a lot else. And, you know, there's more diversity here than probably anywhere in the country, believe it or not, uh, statistically. So it, it's an amazing city. Uh, I love it there. I'm actually going to be there. Well, in next week. Well, so this airs on Monday. So this week that it airs, I will be uh, doing the the Disneyland thing this oh, week. Oh God, that's great! Yeah, yeah, Disney. Yeah, Disneyland is um, is so special, and 
it's special to Southern Californians too. It's just, it, it's just a good vibe all around. So if Disney wasn't already, you know, full of good feels, right. do you, <laughs> I do think you, you'll have a good time. Do you ever find yourself able to get out there and, and enjoy oh, yeah, the park? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who uh, had a, had a pass, a Disney pass, um, you know, a very adult man, but you know, he loved Disney. So we'd all, we, you know, in our twenties, we went a lot, you know, we'd get right. stoned in the car and then, you know, hang out at Disney <laughs> all day. <laughs> so yeah, lots of good Disney stories. That, that's awesome. And did you do the other LA type stuff? Like, are you a Dodgers fan? Yeah. You know, I, I am, but I can't say that I follow it, okay. but I, I never, um, I was never into sports until I moved to Los Angeles. I remember watching the Lakers on TV and I, I ne was never interested in watching basketball, but there was, you know, Kobe had just, you know, signed on and he right. was young and the team was, it felt like, it was like watching stars, you know, I, I just, and uh, so I, I got into the Lakers for a while. So I'm definitely a Lakers fan and, and yeah, Dodgers all the way. <laughs> so uh, I know, yeah, that always, that's always a, a, a clue that you have a connection to the city is, is their team. So yeah, I'm a Dodger fan and a Laker fan and a Rams fan, I guess. Oh, um, well, yeah, I get, yeah, I suppose <laughs> now you have to be. Uh, so and yeah. then, so uh, again, um, the difference between the LA theater scene and the New York theater scene, do you still find time to either uh, get out there and perform yourself or going and catch shows yes absolutely i i feel like theater in la has been such an integral part of my life here because unless you book a series a television series um or you're just working like gangbusters on films there's a lot of time you know you do an acting job and it ends and so in la um i think they might have, it's so weird. The pandemic has, I, I haven't even thought about theater because we haven't been able to perform. But for, you know, most of my time here, there was a 99 seat theater, which is a way for union actors, SAG or, or equity right. to perform um, productions that are very professional they, they would be the equivalent of off-Broadway, but we sign a contract saying we'll only get paid $15 a show or $12 a show. And you're doing it because you want to act and you want to do great projects and you want to keep your chops up as an actor, you know? Okay. So um, big names, celebrities will do these sort of uh, off-Broadway equivalent productions here. Um, there's a lot of amazing theater here. I performed at the Lost Studio um, with the Next Arena. I mean, there are companies that, you know, no one would know unless you lived in L.A. But right. um, but yeah, and, and my greatest friends in the world have come from, you know, doing productions here over the years. That, that That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite shows, legitimate favorite shows of all time, and that is Reno 911. Ah, yay! Um, <laughs> uh, I, in fact, I just got over having the COVID. Um, so you got it. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. I, uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was just, I had a bad sore throat and, um, which of course in my line of work is, uh, could be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But uh, one of the things I did was binge watch uh, Reno 911 on uh, HBO Max. And it's just, it's such a fun show um, that, you know, it, and I looked at it, I was like, I don't know if that show could survive in 2022, but it literally yeah. is surviving in 2022. I was I, I delightfully surprised. I mean, you know, when when it was on, if you were a Reno fan, people were bit, you know, they were they loved the show. They they were so and really, I, I mean, people watched it that didn't even normally watch Comedy Central. Um, just because it was funny. It was just, uh, it, it wasn't um, like a niche comedy. It was, it's, it was, I mean, who doesn't want to laugh at, you know, cops being sort of silly and because right. it's such a serious job. So it, it's like a great, it's a great premise for an improv show, you know, where all the actors are improvisers and yeah. I mean, how many scenarios in a show can you, can you get, get into? Right. Uh, I mean, watch cops. It's like cops, but then you have comedians doing it. <laughs> uh, how did you, how did you get booked on that show? Was it a lot of auditions process Did they, did you, uh, did they seek you out? Did they, did they see your work? You know, I was, I, well, the first time I knew those guys, uh, um, from, I had tested for a pilot when I, you know, when I was really new to LA and, uh, I, I, I didn't get it. And, but they were always fans of mine and they, they stayed fans of mine. And so when they produced Reno, um, I came in with Bucky, the, the stripper, the cripple stripper. Um, that's probably not PC anymore. The name I, I, you probably couldn't get away with saying that, but, um, but she was more than just crippled this woman, you know, I mean, she was Bucky, but, um, you know, they just asked me to come in with something so that then they, then they just booked me for, for the show. And then when I did the principal, um, they just called and booked me. I didn't audition for that. Oh, so that's awesome. like, just come on down. We want you to play the principal. And, and that was such a gift and so much fun. I mean, <laughs> my God. Right. Yeah. So how much of that is just one is, is improv and how much 100%. How, so it's, it's, <laughs> they give you a premise and say, just go yeah, with it here. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that is my absolute favorite thing to do. I mean, you know, um, yeah, it, it was just a blast. Yeah, they, you know, they beat out the show. They know what they need to shoot. Right. But uh, yeah, everybody gets to just go for it. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the premise. Everything about the, the show is just uh, amazing to me. And and the characters that you brought on were your own characters, right? Yeah. I, well, that's yeah, I mean, they had Bucky was my own character. I actually yep. had done Bucky in a one woman show <laughs> and where I did all these different characters and she wasn't as uh, well. She wasn't a stripper in in the one woman show. Um, uh, so when they asked me to come in, I thought, well, it'd be cool to take Bucky and you know, sexier, sexy her up, and uh, that's what I did. And I just made her a stripper. So, but so the character is mine, and then you come in, and then you just have fun playing. Um, oh. The principal, I didn't have a principal character, right. but. Um, I had lots of wigs <laughs> and that was the fun thing too. It's like, I love wearing wigs, but normally you don't get to wear wigs on TV shows. It's you don't look the part, you don't get the part. Right. So um, on this, it was just, uh, Hey, come on down. We want you to be the principal of the school. Great. That was it. 
So then I went my, you know, wig box and, and found one that I thought was appropriate. And, uh, yeah, then that was it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a, a, a great show, a great, you know, like I said, a great premise. It just had to be so much fun working on those. Did you, did you get everything done in one take or were you able to break those guys? Oh, oh, um, break. I mean, uh, I remember, I remember one time, yeah, no, there's a lot of that. It's no, you know what? With they were, they're good. They, they right. can, that, you know, uh, if anything, it's people off camera trying <laughs> not to ruin the tape by laughing. <laughs> um, those guys are amazing. So, you know, like Bucky, the Bucky scene, right. I feel like it was one of the, it was a character that um, when you watch the show, usually you get little glimpses of the characters. And I was really um, lucky to have her have this sort of like scene that had a beginning, middle and end. It sort of happened so beautifully in an improvised moment. I think we only shot it one and a half times. It was like we shot it and it just happened so magically. And then maybe they did a pickup of something that they wanted right. to make sure they got. But yeah, it was that kind of thing. So um, yeah, they're, I mean, they are, the way they shoot, it's, uh, it, it's, they're just shooting, shooting, shooting all day long. They have to get a lot done on a small budget. So uh, that's the great thing about improv, you know, it's, there's no script supervisor saying, wait, she didn't say this, or, you know, we didn't get this and the way it's the way it's shot. It's supposed to be, you know, like a documentary. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. Those, those guys are amazing and they work so hard all day. And, uh, yeah, I'm so happy that the show is still being, you know, it's still out there. It's great. Right. Right. And you never know when that phone's going to ring. So, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I have a funny story about that. So I don't know. We're, we're okay. Like using bad language or. Oh well, yeah. Um, it's the internet. Phone. Anything goes. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember those, they were editing, um, uh, Ben and Tom were editing, uh, the principal one day and they called and they said, I don't think it ever ended up on the show. No, no, it did. I think, no, it did. I, I, I did a lot of those. So I, I was in a lot of the, the um, episodes. Uh, I think it was season four. So uh, he, they called and they said, you have to tell us what a PTA is. And the principal character, I just, uh, they had asked me just make announcements to the kids, like a way, the way a principal. So I got to just improvise all these different announcements. And I had said that there was a water shortage so that you know to just take a take a pta not a full shower and um they're like what does that even mean and i said oh it means pussy tits and ass uh and it was something my mom used to say to me which sounds so creepy but she had heard it from some old lady you know when she was young and so it meant you know hey we gotta we gotta leave for church in 10 minutes pta get in there and that was it. And then you took a PTA, which just meant get in the tub and, you know, quickly wash your parts, you know, pussy tits and ass and go. And so I know. So, um, but they were dying. They're, so then I, I think that they put it on the show and, and 
I don't know a lot of people that know what PTA is. So I like meeting someone who knows. I'm like, oh, you too? Cool. Now, when you when you were filming, because uh, there was a, a lot of crazy things being said, were there actual kids in the auditorium? No, what? absolutely not. No, okay. Diego, they, All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, the, and they did, um, you know, classroom scenes too. Right. All right. You know what? I now It's all coming back to me. This is when you know you're old because <laughs> <laughs> I it was so long ago. Um. But yeah, we didn't just shoot in the auditorium. That's right. They there was uh there were the classroom scenes right. too. Yeah, so there they would shoot um just reactions from the right. kids and then they they have them leave so that we can say whatever we want. Right. Yeah, I've always wondered, you know, like, you know, maybe hey, parents who want their kids in shows will yes. sign up on anything. So Right, exactly. <laughs> like you're just going to have to sit here and listen to this film. Uh, no, no, they're, they're pretty good at, you know, we're on, on sets protecting the kids. When you see stuff, whatever right. it is, they, there's, I'm pretty sure there's laws like protecting them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the stuff, uh, with, uh, officer Weigel, uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Kenny. I didn't oh, know she knew <laughs> the fact that she knows like the, the sign language scene is, <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Thank you for appreciating that. She I mean, did that. It was amazing. <laughs> it was mind blowing. Cause you, I mean, especially of, of all characters on the show. Um, uh, another, another show I want to get into uh, one of my favorites, because again, I talk a lot and it's my thing is the morning show. And you got to, and you got to uh, do some stuff on there as, and you were uh, a host of a, a show called the T. Right. Which is supposed to kind of be like the view. The view. So. Right. So if you were to have a talk show, if the tea was yours, who would you have as your co-host on the tea? Oh, good question. Um, oh, okay. Do I have several people? Yes, or... yes. I Ensemble. have so many amazing female friends that are freaking hilarious. Uh and that we, I mean, I, okay, let me, I'll do my dream cast right now. I would say Pam Cook, who you should have on this show. She's amazing. Um, she's not a big name. I'm not a big name, but you know, you look her up. She's Definitely. one of the funniest people on the planet and one of my best friends. So it would be, I would do Pam Cook. Um, let's see. Um, don't be a friend at ladies if I don't name you because I, I, you know, this is where you, this is where I'm just on the spot. Lisa Gottman, she's also amazing. She's a stand up. And um, let's see, what other friends? Ah, so many. And I'm now I'm getting nervous that I'm gonna, not going to name somebody and I'm going to feel bad. So, uh, yeah, I'll just go with that for now. <laughs> um, That's so probably come to me. <laughs> uh, something that I've often wondered. Uh, so, and is and it was funny is because it's a a, a theme in uh, uh, the episode that you were in, and so in the professional wrestling business, um, we tend to go up to veterans and ask their advice, you know, for you know, hey, can you watch? Can you watch my match? Can you uh, give me some pointers? Can you, you know, at, you know, and then in that episode. Uh, you know, a, a woman in Italy, you know, asked Steve Carell's character uh, for, you know, what she wanted to pick his brain. So what I was wondering is, is that something that happened? Is that a thing in the entertainment business? Is it okay to go up to veterans on a set 
and ask for their advice, ask to pick their brains, or is that a no, 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 it's not on the set. Um, okay. yeah, it's, it's, uh, because you're working, they're right. working and it's a very concentrated focused, um, work environment it has to be because um of time and it, there's you know you're you yeah it so now listen let me i will say this if the opportunity arises where like i i had the i had sort of when i was in my one of my very first jobs i got to do a pilot with ellen degeneres and tim conway and the yeah and and but it, you know, the script was kind of all week. Um, uh, yeah, I was sad I didn't end up in it and it had nothing to do with me. There was never a part for me because it was it was like we're we're coming in we're comedians, improvisers coming right. in. And so um, but I got to hang out with Tim Conway all week. And oh, man, in that situation, he started opening up and telling stories about um because there was always downtime because we were all right. waiting for the writers to give us a script. And so um, he was telling stories about the Carol Burnett show, just, you know, what was really happening and right. how the show was ran. And I mean, it's, man, what a gift. I mean, we were just like, and of course we got to just ask questions and, oh, and actually, you know, I mean, he was so cool. I, we were doing, I remember we were um, waiting to do a network reading and, and we're outside and Gregory Hines passed me. This is kind of a, I won't get into the whole story, but I, I, I've always had this weird thing with Gregory Hines and which is so random. I mean, because I just is, it, it, my father was um, a child model, which is so funny because he was just a model you know, and he'd be like, I had no talent. I was just pretty. And he went to, <laughs> he went to like the real fame school in New York city because he had to go for calls all the time and jobs. And he went to school with Gregory Hines and his brother. So my dad, I have all these stories. Like I remember when my dad, you know, he would drink too much and he would start talking about Gregory Hines and he'd, you know, and, and, you know, try, he, he would say how talented he was. And, and I don't know why, just as a kid, I would think it would be so dreamy to me to think of like being at the fame school and watching Gregory Hines dance as a kid through the, through the window. And then I started running into Gregory Hines places it, I, in New York city. I would be walking, walking down the street and he'd pass me and I was like, Oh, there he is. I'd be at Newark airport and realize he was on my plane. And, <laughs> you know, so anyway, I told him Conway this and he was like, come on, let's go. And we, uh, Gregory Hines had an office there at CBS and he just knocked on the door and Gregory Hines answered and, uh, and they do their celebrity thing. Like, Hey, I'm a celebrity, you're a celebrity. And this is Christina. She's not a celebrity, but she, um, you know, she thinks that you might know her dad. And so, uh, yeah, I was able to have uh, this little quick conversation with Gregory Hines and he said, Oh yeah, I think I do remember them. They were identical twins. It was my dad and his, his twin that went to the school. And he said they had platinum blonde hair. Right. And I was like, Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, well, it was really nice meeting you. 
And then um, afterwards, of course, I called my dad and he said, oh, yeah, that was us. My mother used to dye our hair platinum blonde because she thought we'd get more jobs. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a story. And that's but, yeah. So so when there are opportunities, right. but you have to let them kind of happen. You don't want to interrupt anybody's flow. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's great that you mentioned Tim Conway. I actually had his daughter, uh, Kelly, on my show uh, earlier this year last late last year so yeah so yeah i i was able to talk to her about uh you know you did and... all have to find that episode that's amazing yeah, yeah i think it was uh, episode 320 so okay 27 episodes ago <laughs> yeah that's so half, actually, yeah. half a year ago okay yeah it was it, i was sorry we lost him a couple years Absol back yeah absolutely yeah uh that's I He's mean, a legend. I would, have I would have loved to have been able to sit down and, and have that, you know, just oh, that, that. Oh, those are the best. It's just, yeah. So, so when those chances come, absolutely. It's, um, it's a gift. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you just booked a commercial and you've done countless commercials at this point. Has there, has there been any that you, maybe you did at the beginning of your career that you look back and you're like, well, it was something, you know, like you weren't any of those uh, as seen on TV, you know, Tupperware's falling on you. Oh, no. Well, that you know, those real <laughs> those real silly commercials are usually non-union. Oh. Um, and that sounds really snobby to say. But <laughs> when, you know, it, it, the, the commercial industry has changed a lot. Um, it's kind of acceptable now. Not maybe to me, <laughs> but um, to do at, for actors to do non-union spots. I mean, I'm a union person. Um, when I came to the city, the goal was to get into the union. It was never, you know, it, it. And so to do as a young actor who wasn't in the union, um, it was a big no-no to ever do non-union commercials because you didn't want... Um, it was it, it was kind of disrespectful, I guess. I, I it's kind of like if you're a union person, you don't cross a union line. You know, if there's a right. picket line or something, it's just um, respecting that. And, and even before being in the union, it wasn't something I would never do that because the goal was to get in the union. And I was lucky that I got into the union really young. Um, so but nowadays um, it's uh I actually, you know, I have some friends that I, they're not actors maybe, but they're maybe dancers and uh, they go out all the time for non-union. Um, yeah. So, so the more of that that happens, then there's less union spots. And so it's harder for union actors to make money. And, uh, and also, you know, we have unions for a reason. We, right. we keep our people safe and, um, you know, pay them well and, you know, all the things that unions do. So, yeah, that's been kind of disappointing that the commercial industry's changed that much. So there's a lot of, yeah, the, or the you know, uh, you know, help, but I can't get up. The old lady right. falls. And yeah, those are all kind of, no, I never did any of those. <laughs> Do you, do you want to I've do it? I wanted to do a spoof of that commercial. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so you also got to uh, work on Star Trek uh, Voyager. Were, were you, were you upset that you didn't get to go to space? You had to uh, be on yeah, Star Trek, yeah, but you had to be in Canton, I, Ohio. <laughs> I know. Well, I was, I was kind of, I know I, I was married to um, for a while. I, uh, um, 
a director and producer of Star Trek. His, oh. you know, that was he. He had kind of worked for the franchise for a long time, so um, I knew more about Star Trek than I ever thought I would know because I'm not a sci-fi person at all. But it was all like that was just, you know, right. that was his his job and. And so being on that, even, you know, visiting on the set all the, all those years. So yeah, I, I, um, I'd hope to be on the show at some point, but I wanted to wear the alien makeup or something and I right. didn't get to, but it was a joy to do that show. It was, it was such a great episode too. It really was. I don't know if you saw the episode 1159. Um, I, that's okay. Maybe you're not a Star Trek fan. That's okay. I, you know what? I am not either. I, I've only just, uh, I, I had an appreciation for it just because I, I yeah. was around it so much. I, I can say I do have an appreciation for it. I've talked to a lot of folks who have been on the shows, uh, but it just never, just never grabbed me. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm, I've never been a side. I'm going to get in trouble for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so many people that are going to, anyway, um, uh, so many employers, uh, uh, <laughs> One of the one of the, the main things I wanted to, to talk to you about, and this is the thing that I'm you could throw the the acting, the theater, the improv all out the window. And that's your work uh, with your creation of Waltz Through Life. Oh, thank you for even knowing about that. Uh, I, I find I, I just find that to be absolutely amazing. So the, the concept for, for folks who uh, who don't know who are, are tuning in here, uh, you, you work with uh, senior citizens. Um uh, dance instruction, therapy, uh, and I don't want to say it for, for seniors who are having obviously trouble with mobility yeah, and, with, and dementia, uh, correct? Yeah. With dementia. Yeah. And yes. And, and so I, I, I work with, I dance, I kind of dance, I create a kind of a dance hour for, uh, people that are living with advanced dementia. So it's, it's, um, uh, Yeah. Actually, I'm also doing, now I've been doing for Zoom because because I haven't been right. able to work in any of the um, assisted living communities since COVID. So right. there's some things that I'm doing on Zoom now, but it's people who can still, you know, have access to the computer. And um, yeah, so I, I can, I'm really hoping to get back into those um to you know dance with my friends again soon <laughs> how did how did that come about how did that idea spark into your head to do this well i it, well, hopefully it's not a sad story and you're no, like, no, oh, not no. At all. Okay. I mean, listen i i it, kind of but not really it was sad that i had to go get a regular job uh <laughs> after i divorced my star trek husband you know and said oh don't worry take the house no that, i'm fine i'm 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 young and i have you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a star <laughs> and I go off into the world and, uh, I, you know, I found I needed to, to kind of earn a living. Um, I, apart from acting, cause I was really lucky. I got to do that exclusively, but most, right. you know, most actors have other jobs. So, um, I didn't really have a lot of skills other than ballroom dance instruction because I had done that prior to getting married very young. <laughs> um, I actually, I met my husband that way. He was my student. So I worked at Arthur Murray's and 
I knew how to teach a, a beginner ballroom program backwards and forwards. And I knew how to sell a dance program too, uh, because working at Arthur Murray's is a lot of sales. So I thought, okay, well, who's going to want to take lessons from me? I'm not some super advanced, you know, dancer, but I'm a really, really good teacher. And so first Waltzer Life was created to, uh, for first dances for weddings. So, um, yeah, so I, I created this whole business and, and actually I did, I did nicely for a first time small business owner, um, because the idea was so specific, it was so niche. And I, I, uh, so I did that for a while and then, and, and it allowed me the freedom to still go on auditions and create my own schedule and be my own boss and just work as, as many hours a week as I wanted to. So it kind of was perfect. Um, and then the recession happened, uh, that the 2007 recession and the wedding industry kind of tanked. So, you know, the phone kind of stopped ringing and I thought, oh, what am I going to do with this now? And so, um, you know, this probably sounds sad, but I went to, from first dances to last dances. And so I, I started dancing with people, um, you know, seniors, I, I thought, okay, they've got to have a budget at these places that uh, is not affected. They have to book activities. So I kind of put a, put a brochure together. I'd never done it. You know, I think I even like just took stock pictures off the internet of, you know, senior citizens dancing on a cruise and and so then I started getting hired to do uh dance socials and then I somehow because during the dance socials I would notice that people couldn't get up they would be in their wheelchairs so I would sit down with them and dance and then I'd get up again with the people who could and then that, that made me realize that maybe a chair dance class would be a good idea so I created a ballroom inspired chair dance class and started getting a lot of different accounts. And then one day somebody was watching me and they said, you know, uh, you should try this here at, uh, um, in the neighborhood, they called it at this one place, which was, um, uh, a secure unit for people who with advanced dementia. And so it, it's, um, you know, memory care. Um, so I tried it and it was, I mean, my heart just exploded. It was the most, if, if, if dancing with seniors wasn't already super cool on many levels, because they also make you laugh like crazy. And then working with people with dementia was, uh, it's my favorite thing to do. It's, 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 it was just magical. And, um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> but thank but you the, for asking me about that. I'm sure the stories they have too are incredible. Yeah. Oh, you mean that? Um, well, the people with advanced dementia, the thing oh, is right. that they've lost a lot of their language uh, skill. Oh, okay. So that's where the music and the dancing comes in because they right. still can communicate with music and, and movement. Um it, all the details of their life don't matter anymore. It doesn't matter about all the memories. It doesn't matter what's, it's, it's just like improvising. It's being completely in the moment, the most truthful moment. There's no, there's nothing else except just you and that person and that moment and the music. And um, 
they've taught me so much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely a life changing experience working with um, with those people. And again, I those people, <laughs> right. my friends, I call right. them. Uh, uh, my older friends, but I, I do hope to get back to that work soon, but it's been so hard with the pandemic. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Completely understandable. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, at, you know, very at risk. Did you guys just see, I spilled coffee on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I miss that. So oh, well, now, that, now that you told us, we'll have to go back and, and watch. Well, somebody saw it. So I was like, <laughs> I have to call myself out. <laughs> On that note, uh, I told you, I warned you that there's a, a thing that we do here on the Milo Beasley show. Oh, right. The Milo Beasley show, <laughs> frequently asked questions. Uh, these are the same five questions that I asked to every single one of my guests. Um, you could have looked up spoilers, or you could have been like, "All right, we're going into this thing live." All right, so are you ready? Yeah. All right. There's no no wrong answers. I don't think. Anyway, uh, question number one. What was the first concert oh, you attended? In excess. That's a, oh my god, that's a good when one. I was in high school, it was so awesome. And I remember my friends going, "Are you on drugs?" And I was like, "No," because I never did drugs or drank in high school. But I was just, you know, dancing and having amazing. It was awesome. It was an awesome first concert. That that's that's a, that's a good one. That's a good. Yeah, one. yeah, it is good. I think it was at Madison Square Garden. Wait. You're like the second person who I've had on here that are like, yeah, my first concert was at Madison Square Garden. Like, what? Oh, yeah? Well, I was, I'm from the, you know, tri-state area. Oh, this so. is true. This is true. Yeah, I guess if that's a pretty popular place to have concerts. <laughs> Question number two. Do you believe in ghosts? I do. You do? Mm -hmm. Have you had like weird stuff happen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do believe in ghosts. I, I don't know that, I, I don't believe in you know, it, I don't believe maybe necessarily, when you think of ghosts, you think of kind of Casper or, or just, I, I there's energy, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but there's, yes, I do believe. Yes. I believe in ghosts. That's the answer. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where I stand on it yet. Uh, no. Okay. You know, I don't You've think never I've had any kind of paranormal experiences. No, but in my dreams, I do all the time, which is why it makes me think that maybe. Do you dream the, about ghosts? Oh, all the time. Like, like really? That's it, very interesting. And they are the most vivid wow. dreams out of all my dreams. I have ghost dreams all. Well, I don't say all the time, but yeah. Well, give me an there, example. What was something? Uh, where things were. There's always something where like, I feel like something is there and it's always just like me, right? It's me in a room and I can feel myself being watched or I can feel the, you know, and so I'm always. Now in the dream, cause you said it's so vivid. Mm -hmm. Do you see, are you able to, after you feel the presence, are you able to see what the ghost looks like? So this is how every, this is how every one of these dreams goes down is that I can feel something there. Um, and I'm yelling at the ghost or entity or whatever you want to call it to, to show themselves. And like, I will scream and to the point where like, I'm screaming in my dreams to the point where like, but nothing's coming. So like, you know, you get to that, that, that dream state where you're screaming, but nothing comes out. Yeah. So, like, I'm screaming, screaming, screaming. And then finally I do the big scream and then nothing comes out. And then that's where I wake up. 
Oh, so you don't actually see them. What's vivid no. to you is the experience of the experience having where, presence like, around yeah, you. Where the pre everything is there. Oh, like, that is really is so, cool. Everything is so lifelike in the dream, but I feel like there's something there. There's a presence there. Yeah, this is a whole like other podcast. <laughs> no, I love it. That's I I know I can I get really into this. The paranormal world is so interesting um, to me. <laughs> so I I have I have done the 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 movie thing where you wake up screaming. So I have done that one time, just once though. Um, but, and that one was, that one was, that one I think I did see something like it was coming after me. Ooh. And is what is the presence always, um, is it good or bad or is? That I don't know. I just, I want it to show me. I want it to are, show But me. are you afraid of it? Nope. No, no you're not I'm, afraid I'm of telling it. it's a, well, I'm usually cussing at it like, Come on, mother. Let's mm. let's show yourself, you know. So show yourself. Yep. I always want to see it. I always want to see it. And it never happens. So you should go to a dream analyst. I that's a <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's All right. Uh question number three. And a little twist on a common question, but in a movie about your life, who would play your parents? Ooh, oh, okay. Okay. I already thought about, um, uh, why am I blanking? Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed to forget this guy's name because he's a legend and it's just, I'm having, um, a moment here. Um, I mean, all I've ever thought is if I wrote something for my dad, it would be, um, okay. Help me out here. Gary Sinise. No, no, but that would have been amazing had I named it on the first try with no clue. Have you ever seen Waiting for Guffman? Yes. Um, it's what's his name? I mean, I don't know. If I can't even believe this. This is embarrassing. Um, it's uh, Catherine O'Hara's husband in Waiting for Guffman. Um, I would look it up if I didn't have you up on my phone right now so that I'm not as embarrassed. Oh, no. Um, the good thing and, is, I can look it up. Uh, oh, uh, Fred Willard. Duh. I mean, I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry, Fred. <laughs> uh, that's always a big fear of mine to be on camera and forget somebody's name. Right. So um, anyway, Fred Willard, I love him so much. Same. Um, I've been trying to find out. I, I want him on the show so bad. I've he been passed to... away. Well, I was trying when I was, oh, when, okay. I, when I had started off, uh, I wanted him on the show so bad. And uh, like, it was like, he was like a, a, one of the high, like the number one guest that I wanted really? on the show. And, uh, uh, yeah, it never, never came to fruition. Yeah, but... I always had a dream that I, that actually I, stuff that I've written over the years that, um, that I didn't make, but you know, still want to. Right. <laughs> and I, and I think, Oh, he was the guy He, you know, I always wanted to, and we have the same agent actually. So, um, actually, you know what? I think I did send my agent a script once and said, can you give this to Fred? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he ever did, but, um, yeah. So Fred Willard would play my, my dad, right. um, you know, in an alternate universe where, uh, ghosts can be, um, in movies and, <laughs> uh, and then maybe for my mom, I don't know why Vanessa Redgrave came to my mind. That was okay. the first thing that came to my mind and that would be kind of an interesting combo with the two of them <laughs> i bet yeah. she's super funny 
because of course it would be a comedy. Of of course. <laughs> it, it, yes, it's yeah. <laughs> Uh, how were your parents when you decided you wanted to go all the way across the country and get go to go to Hollywood and become an actress? Very, very sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my I I never saw my mom cry so hard. It, it was uh, it, it was so hard to make that decision as a young person. I, I moved to LA when I was twenty, and yet. I, I, you know, I definitely grew up in a family with freedom in the sense that your life is your life and you can do what you want. But of course it was, it, you know, it was, it was making that decision that when I went, and I think maybe everybody in my family knew that when I left, I wasn't going to come back. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, some people ignored it and pretend it wasn't happening in the family. And then uh, my mom, she was so sad. And the day I left, she wasn't even there to say goodbye because, you know, she just was so sad about it. But now, um, you know, life, life changes and we get to visit a lot, not during COVID, but, uh, but before COVID. So, um, yeah, I, I think that LA is amazing. The only thing missing is maybe my mom. I would love to be able to have her here, but she doesn't like the city enough to move here. I get it. I get it. All right. Question number four. Who is your favorite person to follow on social media? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't follow a lot of people. So I'm, I don't use social media like that. It's more uh, just to communicate with friends. So Cardi B for a while, I liked following her. I'll get into people and then I just like, eh, and then I unfollow <laughs> them. But she was hilarious. For a while, she made my day. I just, some of the stuff that came out of her mouth just was perfect and um let's see recently who am i looking at who am i looking at um who do you who do you follow uh i i mean uh, again i follow a lot of my friends who um you know from the the comic convention yeah circuit. you probably follow a lot of people um, I don't follow as many as I should. I know I, I hear that, you know, in order to get the followers, you have to do the following and, and I'm really not good at social media. I know you're supposed to like, I'm not either. That's why I can't even answer your question. Cause I, I, I think I just, I wish that I was so, because it's, it, it would be great for my career. I know, <laughs> but it's, um, I mean, I had a friend, my friend, Rob Delaney, uh, I don't know if, um, do you know who Rob Delaney is? The name sounds very familiar. Yeah. I look him up. He was, a, he was a standup who ended up getting his own show. Yes. 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 Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. I do know him. I know the face 100%. Right. And he, he, I, Rob and I did a lot of improv together in our twenties and, and, you know, he could never get an agent for, for either acting or writing, which was so odd because he was good looking and so talented, hilarious. And um, then he decided to start tweeting and he really got a, the knack for it and was tweeting at a certain time every day. And then he started getting all these followers. And then sooner or later he was nominated he was voted uh the funniest person on twitter i guess twitter gives awards every year and so doing that you know after that then he got his own show and now he's just he's he's a mega star right and yeah, still I mean, a super cool guy <laughs> social media can 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 definitely make you 
So. Yeah, it feels like a full time job though. If you if you do it, you got to really commit to it. And I yeah. I I don't ever I don't know. I don't maybe I just don't have the time or interest. But <laughs> all right, and then question number five. Uh, it's be an interesting one, uh, just because of of your line of work. But have you ever had that fanboy moment where you saw somebody and Ooh. you either had to rush up and be like, I I'm a huge fan, or there's zero chance I'm going to go talk to them. Be I just I'm not going to be able to talk to them. I do have that moment, and it's kind of it's kind of uh, I wouldn't be rushing up to him now, let's say, but I, when I was 19 years old and I lived in New York City. I was a huge Woody Allen fan in high school and just saw all of his films. And then when I moved to New York, my roommate and best friend, we, we both were Woody Allen fans and we knew that he played clarinet at Michael's pub. Um, I think it was like every Monday night they would, you know, jam. And I also was a fan of big band music. He had a lot to do with that because his movies, he always had, you know, the, the greats Gershwin and Cole Porter. And then, you know, and so at the time it was almost like Woody Allen and then I was getting into ballroom dance. And so he opened my music world a lot just from listening, uh, watching his movies. So my friend and I went to Michael's pub and we were just like, I mean, first of all, think about it. It's like 19 year old girls, like, you know, being all gaga over Woody Allen. It's kind of creepy now. So we were just, oh my God, that's him. And then afterwards, we waited outside for him and strangely he was walking alone. It was just a great New York moment. He had his hat on and his like trench coat and he had um, this cool Mercedes there to pick him up. And we just kind of followed him and we were like, we love you, Woody. We love you. And he didn't acknowledge us um, and just got into his Mercedes and drove away. So <laughs> that's probably my only big like fanboy moment because I'm I don't know I get like weird I, I don't like going up to people but with Woody Allen I did and I wouldn't do it now <laughs> what's your favorite Woody Allen uh film oh probably Annie Hall okay yeah I would go with Z-League to be perfectly honest cool. uh, yeah uh I, I think it's I think it's amazing I think it's hilarious um but you know uh so for a wrap up, where can folks find you? Speaking of social medias, on the social medias, your webpage. Spoilers, it's going to be right down below. If you, oh, if cool. You don't okay. Yeah, it's, uh, is it, it, tell me, is it Christina Hayes Walls Through Life.com? Yes. Great. Because I could never get my name. Somebody bought my name years ago and it, I don't know how, how that works. So I, oh, no. I don't know. Maybe now it's different, but I, you know, they buy up names. So right. they wanted like $6,000 for my name. And I, I, so I, now I just do Christina Hayes Waltz Through Life. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Uh, so uh, anything else before we, uh, before we wrap up? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Christina Marie Hayes. And I'm not really a Twitter. I don't do Twitter. I mean, I'm on it, but I, I'm, I'm on it, but not on it. I try. I feel like, so like, I feel bad because I feel like the only stuff I post um, is like promoting my show and just be like, Hey, watch my stuff, watch my stuff. And right. I, I mean, that's what it's for. It is. But then I feel like I don't do the interacting as much as I should be doing. So I got to get better at it. It's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me this evening. Uh, it was a, a lot of fun. 
Uh, and uh, hopefully maybe we'll get a chance to do it again uh, in, in the future. To. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and thank you all for watching at home. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button uh, and most importantly, tell your friends and uh, we will see you next week.